Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the From the Sideline podcast with Francis and Peter. And today we have a special episode for you guys. Of course, the Super Bowl was last weekend. Um, but the first order of business today is going to be us talking about the Seahawks and the coaching moves that they made. Um, then we're going to talk about the championship games, the results of those that we didn't get to cover, and then obviously the Super Bowl. Um, if you're new, make sure you follow, hit the notification bell, and listen to all of our other episodes. And uh, thank you so much for listening, and make sure you listen to the full episode. Thank you. Let's get right into it. And also, um, since the football season is officially over, uh, we're probably going to be starting to shift gears over to more baseball content primarily, and then we're going to do like a mock draft somewhere in the next like one, like two or three episodes, so stay tuned for that. Okay, so... We're going to go from, as Peter said, we're going to go Seahawks coaching and then championship games and then Super Bowl. So starting off with the Seahawks coaching changes, I am just super excited, super optimistic with these coaching changes, coaching hires. First off, obviously, Mike McDonald, new head coach, former Ravens defensive coordinator, just an A-plus hire from the Seahawks. He's a stand-up guy. Uh, He's really vocal. He's really, he's young. He's got a lot of... uh, new ideas that he can bring to the team. And honestly, in this new day and age in the NFL, you really need a coach that's going to be inventive and it's going to take risks and understands the new era. So Pete Carroll was going out the door, and me and Peter said, like, it was kind of his time anyway. Like, we're, we obviously are very grateful for everything he's done for this organization, but it was kind of his time to leave. Um, he was kind of screwing us over with his passive um, nature and, like, his play calling. But Mike McDonald... Defensive-minded head coach, I would have really preferred Ben Johnson as an offensive-minded head coach because I think offensive-minded head coaches really um, uh, thrive more in this new era of football. But, I mean, we see we, we just saw D'Amico Ryans transform that Houston Texans team completely, especially their defense, when they didn't really have any star power whatsoever. Uh, they got Will Anderson, obviously, but besides that, there's really nobody on the defense. Um, and D'Amico Ryan's really able to transform what was the worst run defense in the NFL two seasons ago to a very formidable defense. And um, so defensive-minded head coaches aren't a bad thing. Mike McDonald did absolutely amazing with the Ravens. He They were the easily, not even in my opinion, I think just objectively the number one defense in the NFL. They were impenetrable. Obviously, the Chiefs kind of... Got got through those, but it, you know Patrick Mahomes is the greatest of all time. So I mean, what are you gonna do about it? But he transformed the team. Like they have star power, but like when you when you see the box scores and the stats that they performed with, you you just don't think that that's what their roster is gonna look like on paper. It was just a lot of guys overperforming because of Mike McDonald and his schemes, and he's gonna really transform the Seahawks defense. Hopefully which is what we really needed. Our run defense was really bad with Clint Hurt, and our secondary was really bad, even though on paper we have a really good defense. So our off, we really needed a good offense coordinator because we got a defensive-minded head coach, and we got that in Ryan Grubb. Peter, you want to talk about Ryan Grubb? Well, yeah, I do want to talk about Ryan Grubb, obviously, but of course got to start off with my opinion on Mike McDonald, mm-hmm. and I'm just absolutely thrilled <clears throat> about this, just like Francis said. This team is in desperate need of a culture change. You can just tell the players aren't really feeling it. You saw that, you guys, I think, saw that John Ryan tweet about Tariq Wollin and them smoking yeah. cigars in the locker room. It just seemed really kind of Pete kind of lost the locker room. So uh, we're going from the oldest head coach in the NFL to the youngest head coach, and hopefully he can make a culture change and really just improve this team, bolster the defense, 
I'm just super excited about what he's bringing to the table. But my my favorite move that we've made so far is grabbing Ryan Grubb from the Huskies and then sort of the University of Alabama. And the cherry on top is just stealing him away from Kalen DeBoer, the snake who left you dub. Snake, absolute snake. Uh, yeah, but Ryan Grubb, after watching every single Huskies game this year, it's just apparent that the schemes that he runs are just absolutely beautiful. And this year, we desperately need to use our playmakers well. Shane Walden was not doing it with Jackson Smith and Jigba, DK Metcalf, that you could tell they were getting frustrated. But now, with Ryan Grubb, who just comes up with the most crafty and innovative ways to get his player playmakers involved, it's kind of going to be a treat to watch this year. I think the Seahawks are going to surprise a lot of people who aren't familiar with Ryan Grubb and Mike McDonald, and hopefully they mesh well together, and I think it's going to be a great season. Yeah, just building off of what Peter said about Ryan Grubb, I'm, like our offense has just been so lackluster and underwhelming and boring to watch this past two seasons. Um uh, with Shane Waldron, he was just, I don't know what he was thinking, what he was doing, but he honestly might have, he probably was the worst offense coordinator in the league once Matt Canada left, so it, he was pretty bad. Um, just a bunch of screens, bad run calls, not going for it on fourth down ever. It's also on Pete Carroll as well. So with Ryan Grubb, he's really going to be calling all the shots because Mike McDonald's obviously a defense-minded head coach again, so... Ryan Grubb will be calling most of the shots for the offense, but and so I'm super excited because you know the college game really translates well to the NFL game nowadays because um, you know college used to just be like uh, super like I don't know just like a bunch of uh, high scoring games and a bunch of passing long deep throws and a bunch of exciting plays and that's kind of what the NFL is transformed to nowadays. It's just. Uh, offenses you know with big big schemes big plays and a lot of incredibly offensive minded coaches so ryan grubb is really what we needed UW had the best offense in college football last season obviously he had a lot of pieces to work with but he used them perfectly and you know we weren't able to come out with a natty but the fact that we even got there is incredible um first in the college football playoff era so um i'm super optimistic because you know the seahawks have like I said, on defense, but also on offense, even more on paper. I think the Seahawks have the best offense in the NFL on paper outside of the 49ers. Um, so I think they're number two in the NFL, which is crazy because their offense, they really did not perform last year. And I really blended a lot on Geno Smith. because I mean, it was a lot of Geno Smith's fault, but it was mostly Shane Waldron and the play calling's fault. So... I think Geno Smith is a really good quarterback when he has good time in the pocket and when he's, you know, not under duress. But so, I mean, Geno Smith can be a very formidable quarterback in the league. He just needs the right guy to be calling the shots for him. And, you know, we have the best wide receiver core in the the league, DK, Tyler Lockett, JSN. We don't know how much long they're going to be together. So we need to, the window's closing fast and we need to take advantage of what we got right now. Zach Charbonnet, Kenneth Walker, and a good offensive line. So happy that we got ryan grubb so this is an example of another john schneider masterclass. and you know me and peter are really excited for the nfl draft and we have all we have put all of our trust in john schneider because we've seen what he's done with the past two draft classes um well we've been doing a lot of prep work we've decided on a couple prospects we want the seahawks to draft and just mock drafts overall so we'll be getting those to you guys Mm -hmm. in the coming weeks but we want to see what happens with the combine 
and all that stuff first. So Yeah, and I just made my top 32 players that I think in this upcoming draft. So that's going to be posted on our SAS Sports Journal article, sassportsjournal.com. Um, so go check that out if you're interested in our club at SAS. Uh, we're going to move on to the conference championship games. Peter, you want to start us off with the AFC championship game? Well, this was just an absolute choke job in my eyes. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens offense, just could not do anything. And when they could do something, when they're in the red zone, Lamar decides to throw it into trouble coverage. I know uh, you guys probably saw that clip of Isaiah Likely calling for the ball, but still, you just there's no excuse to throw it into triple coverage with a safety coming in. It's just a bad, and it was a bad throw too. Just hand it right to the defense, destroy the momentum. And then obviously Zay Flowers fumbling at the one-yard line. It threw off the momentum of the game. But even with those two crucial moments, this the Ravens did not play well at all. Lamar just, he wasn't running the ball at all, which he did throughout most of his MVP season this year. And it was just kind of shocking that Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, was just so afraid to have Lamar do what he does best, run the ball. Um, even when he had... He had tons of time this whole game, and yet he wouldn't scramble, and he would just sit there waiting for receivers to get open, and they weren't. Um, so it was just a choke job. Mahomes, obviously, you just can't make mistakes against that guy. He's going to be the GOAT in my eyes. So you got to play almost a perfect ball game to beat him in the playoffs, and the Ravens were just making dumb mistakes, and they weren't playing like themselves. Uh, their defense played great. They only held uh, they held Casey to only 17 points. It's obviously the best defense in the NFL with Roquan Smith, the best linebacker in the NFL. Kyle Hamilton, Marlon Humphrey, just so many studs on that defense, yet they couldn't pull through Mahomes and the Chiefs. I mean, everybody knows their greatness. Everyone knows how good they are. So the Ravens just completely choked this game away. Yep, completely agree. The Ravens did choke this game. I think it was their game to win. Uh, I think they were the best team in the NFL by far um, last season, especially in the regular season. But then Lamar in the playoffs just, I don't know, something about it is not the same as the regular season. Um, that performance against the Chiefs made me forget about his MVP caliber season. So, I mean, it was just a really, really bad performance by Lamar Jackson and their offensive coordinator. Um, but I think... I think this says more about the Chiefs' defense because the Ravens had easily the best offense in the NFL scheme-wise and able to, like, Lamar Jackson's impact to the game, his ability to run and pass, hand off the ball. You just didn't really know what was going to come at you. And so the Chiefs really adjusted well to this. And I'm gonna we're going to talk about it in the Super Bowl as well. But the Chiefs' defense really stepped up this playoffs. I don't know what happened. They, they Their defense, honestly, isn't even... Isn't like it wasn't that good in the regular season, and they don't really have many stars in their team as well. But some, some noticeable guys really stepped up. And Legere Sneed, you got to give him his props. This whole season, he's been elite. Trent McDuffie, first team All Pro, former UW Husky, two time Pro Bowler in his first two seasons, two time Super Bowl champ. I mean, he played out of his mind against the 49ers and the Ravens. And you know, Chris Jones um, really has been leading that defensive line, the front seven as well. 
I uh, just want to add a little thing. I'm going to let Francis keep talking in a second here, but I just wanted to say that Chris Jones is the most underrated player in our generation. Mm-hmm. He does not get the love he deserves because of Mahomes, but he's had multiple defensive player of the year caliber seasons. It's just he's played against better competition. And mm-hmm. to be a defensive tackle and just bat down past him and have that much of an impact in the game is just insane. So just want to give him his props. Yeah, and then also after this game, I was just – in awe of Patrick Mahomes, and I was just never going to doubt him ever again. And this performance by Patrick Mahomes against the Ravens solidified him as the GOAT in my head because, I mean, he's just, in the playoffs, he's just a different, he's not even a human anymore. And Tom Brady, I mean, you could say the same about him, but he had a great squad around him. Patrick Mahomes really doesn't have much. Aging Travis Kelsey, who's really on the decline in his career, Rasheed Rice is the wide receiver one. He's a rookie, wasn't even a first-rounder. It's crazy. And Kadarius Tony, you know, they healthy scratched him, which is really sad. I don't even think he really deserved it. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a wide receiver, too. The guy was notorious for dropping ball, like, easy catches that could have won them the game the entire regular season. And, who like, Sky Moore really didn't show up for them this season at all. Patrick Mahomes is just able to manage and lead this team so well. It just blows me away every time I see him in the playoffs. But, yeah, but, and also my final takeaway is I don't know why the Ravens didn't decide to run the ball. Like Peter said, um, he doesn't understand why Lamar Jackson ran the ball. But also, I mean, like they had the best running offense in the NFL this season by far. And it wasn't just Lamar. Like his impact to run, like his options to run and hand it off were like what really made the running backs better. But the running backs also performed as a top three, uh, as a top three run offense, just the running backs themselves. So I mean, I don't know why they didn't hand it off. I think they handed it off only six times or something like that. So I have no idea why. And the times they did hand off, it's not like it didn't work. Like the times they handed it off is when they scored their when they scored in their possessions. So I'm just confused as to why they just decided to start passing it every single play. Um, so I think that really sold them the game. But just a lot of unfortunate plays happened, like that Zay Flowers fumble. Um, yeah, it's a lot of things. I mean, it was the Ravens game to win, but it's not like they deserve to win this game. The Chiefs just outplayed them substantially. So I wanted to move over to the NFC Championship side, and it was heartbreak for, I think, every single Seahawks fan who was watching the game. And pretty much every fan overall, everybody wants the Lions to win. They're just such a feel-good story. It's the first time they've done anything, really. I mean, if we're being completely honest. And they were so close. They were 30 minutes away from the Super Bowl and the second half collapse with Dan Gamble deciding to go for it on third, on fourth down multiple times. But I am coming here to defend Dan Campbell. Those decisions got him there and got the Lions there in the first place. And they were good decisions in the moment. Um, although some of them, you know, you got to kick the field goal to go up three scores. That's the only one I'd really say something about. But that's what he's known for, and that's what got the Lions there. And you can't really hate on the decision because of the results of what happened, because if he uh, got it and the Lions ran away with the game, I, they would be praising Dan Campbell, saying more teams need to do this, but it didn't, and things didn't go his way. But just a brutal defeat for the Lions. It hurt so bad for all those fans. I know everybody wanted to watch them in the Super Bowl, but they still played a heck of a season in the 49ers, man. I just I don't like them. 
but they always find a way to come back. They just have so many playmakers that it's hard to just neutralize their offense for an entire 60 minutes. McCaffrey, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, it's just not even fair. Somehow the Chiefs were able to do it in the Super Bowl. But the Lions were contending them, and then they they got that helmet catch off of Sutton, I think it was. Or actually, I don't think it was Sutton, but they Brock Purdy threw it, overthrew it, hit the dude in the helmet. Ayuk caught it on the one yard line. Ugh, just absolutely brutal turn of events for the Lions. They were up two scores, and then they just suddenly became down three or down what, however many I think it was. But it was just terrible for them. So I think they can be back next year with Jared Goff. You got to—I mean, he is a game manager, but he's a damn good one at that. Uh, they're going to be back. They're going to be back. They need to make some improvements in the draft, improvements in free agency, and they can become a real scary superpower, and those guys just love to get behind Dan Campbell. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the I mean, I was going to turn off the game because the Lions were up by so much, and I was just, at halftime I was like, there's no way the Fournars could possibly come back the way they're playing right now. I mean, I got to give uh, props to Brock Purdy, though. I mean, I'm I'm like the number one Brock Purdy hater, but I mean at some point you gotta realize like even if you have this many weapons and you know there's this many stars all pros on your team, you still gotta you know make the right reads and the right decisions. And I know it's probably easier for him in his position, but he does it. He gets it well, and you know he makes accurate balls most of the time. Um, but yeah, like Peter said, I think I think that Brandon Ayuk play that touchdown where. It, he Brock pretty overthrew and it just bobbled out of the defender's hands and into Brandon Ayuk's hands. I think that's just like the play that really epitomizes that whole game. Um, just a lot of miscues by the Lions and the 49ers getting bailed out a lot. And like those two fourth down uh, go for it calls by Dan Campbell, don't think they're bad calls whatsoever. I saw like RG3 had a post on Twitter about it or something saying. Uh, Saying like, at some point you just gotta like kick the ball, but the there were so many drops by the players. Like I think Josh Reynolds had oh. two like two or three drops that were wide open catches for first downs, and I think one of them was uh, one of the fourth down calls, and then the other fourth down call I think um, should have worked, but it didn't uh, really work out. Um, I think there was a missed holding call in that play as well. So um, it's a lot of unfortunate mistakes from the Detroit Lions but you know the fact that they got that far um, they were a really good team their offense and their defense I keep saying this but their defense is like I mean uh, the Lions defense coordinator really transformed this Lions defense because they really have no star power whatsoever like I don't I wouldn't count Aiden Hutchinson as a star at all Brian Branch yeah Brian Branch isn't a star he's a rookie so and he is not even He's, he's not, but he wasn't even like close to winning defensive rookie of the year either. So he's not, he's not even really a star. Um, and I mean, I think they're, I mean, they had uh, one guy that I think really stepped up was um, I don't know his first name, but is Melifon. He's like their safety, and he 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 blitzes really well. He's really good in coverage, and he had a lot of clutch interceptions for them late in the season and in the postseason. So their defense really stepped up towards the end of the season. Their offense was elite, and the fact that they got there is incredible. Props to the Lions, but I, I honestly thought that the 49ers deserved to win that game anyway. If you have that level of offense play, offensive play and then 
that caliber of a defense. I, I just don't know how you lose that game. I think they should have won it from the start. Like, they're definitely the favorites in my eyes, but then the Lions got off to such a hot start, but they just couldn't hold on to it. Um, but I think if you switch Brock Purdy and Jared Goff in the situations, I think Jared Goff is a Super Bowl winner and MVP, and I think Brock Purdy with the Lions is not in the playoffs. So I think that's just how talented the 49ers roster is. So unfortunate for the Lions, but going on to the Super Bowl is 49ers versus Chiefs, obviously. Chiefs came out on top. Um, really lackluster, underwhelming game in the first half. Zero touchdowns scored by... Wait, did the 49ers score a touchdown in the first half? Yeah. Yeah. 10-0. No, it was like 10-3. Oh, no, the Super Bowl. Yeah, they were up 10-0. At half? No, not at half. At half, it was like 10-3, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it was a pretty lackluster game. The Chiefs didn't score a touchdown until late in the game. You know, the finish was crazy. Missed PAT um, by Jake Moody. Super unfortunate. Would have won them the game. But also um, a lot of fumbles. Christian McCaffrey first drive. They were moving down the field, and Christian McCaffrey fumbled. Really rare fumble by Christian McCaffrey. Um, and then um, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs marched down the field, and he threw one interception, and they also had a fumble as well. So, you know, a lot of turnovers by each team. And the Chiefs, I mean, like I said, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest football player of all time. So, I mean, as good as Brock Purdy has played this whole season and as good as the 49ers roster is and how much talent they have, you can't stop Patrick Mahomes. I honestly thought Brock Purdy played a really good game, but not as good as Patrick Mahomes, obviously. So, uh, Honestly, if if, I, if they even had an above-average quarterback for the 49ers like Jared Goff, they easily would have won that game with the amount of talent they have. But again, I want to give my props to the Chiefs defense because the 49ers have the second-best, if not the best, offense in the league. And the Chiefs have were able to stop the first and the second-best offenses in the league in the Ravens and the 49ers and hold them to such little points and let Patrick Mahomes in the offense score a lot. So... Yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say about this game, but, you know, Pat, besides Patrick Mahomes. So, Peter, you want to touch on anything? Um, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say, but other than just Mahomes is going to be Mahomes, he just can't mess with that dude in the playoffs. He's Brady 2.0, except he's more of a talented player, and he's going to be haunting us for generations. Um, but I do have one thing to say. People forget how Tom Brady didn't win a Super Bowl for a 10-year stretch during the middle of his career. If Mahomes doesn't do that, he's going to be the GOAT. There's no question. He's only 28 years old. He already has three Super Bowls, two MVPs, three Super Bowl MVPs. That's a two, three best quarterback resume. Um, I think he's right there with Joe Montana. Um, so he's just going to scare the rest of the league. He's going to leave a generation. The quarterback's ringless just because he just wins so much. He's, he's going to be the GOAT. So yeah, that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, really optimistic about the Seahawks coaches' hires, me and Peter both. And, um, you know, to me, this was a really lackluster NFL season. The regular season was kind of mid, and then the postseason was also pretty underwhelming. The Eagles were really unsuccessful. The Cowboys, I thought they were going to do really good, make it to the Super Bowl. 
and they just got eliminated in the first round. Got absolutely obliterated by the Packers. Um, yeah, then the cha- conference championship games and the Super Bowl were both like pretty not good to me. So we didn't really have that many thoughts besides that. So that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in this NFL season. We'll be back at it next year. But for now, we're going to switch to off-season content and then MLB and then maybe a little bit of NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so make sure to look forward to that. So thank you so much for listening to this full episode. Thank you. Bye.